Welcome to my Love Life Podcast, episode number 153, The Power of Being Authentic and Real. It's December 4th, 2023. I'm your host, Lisa A. Lundy, author, blogger, YouTuber, motivational speaker, and more. I am also a member of the Newsweek Expert Forum. What I do is I help people be happy, healthy, and well-loved, even when life is extremely difficult. As my disclaimer, this podcast does not constitute medical or therapy advice in any way. My music is by Howie Moscovich. The power of being authentic and real. Oh my heavens, people, this is probably going to be one of my favorite podcasts. I don't know. Before I dive in, if you haven't visited my website to enter my giveaway, please do so. Winners and prizes. Winners will be notified. Prizes will be shipped in 2024 once I have my mobility completely under control, as well as some aspects of my life. Uh, recovering from my car accident. If you are in the deaf or hard of hearing community or you know someone who is, please let them know that I do have transcripts for all of my podcasts on my hosting platform, rss.com. My disclaimer for this podcast and all of my content is the following. I am not a licensed or unlicensed healthcare provider or therapist. Nothing I say in any of my content whether it be podcasts, videos, or written content, or any format, is designed or intended to be medical or therapy advice, you should get medical or therapy advice from a licensed provider. If listening to this podcast, either right now or in the past week or the past few weeks, you have been feeling suicidal, or life is too hard for you, or you feel that you just simply cannot go on, my request is that you call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. I'm going to give you two numbers. One of them should work. The first one is 1-800-273-8255, or you can call or text 988. So the number for the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline is either 1-800-273-8255, or call or text 988. Please take the help. If you understood how you probably got put together as a human being, you probably would feel like a million bucks. You would really have some understanding. You would feel better. And so take the help because we do have a lot of help available. All right. So in honor of Merriam-Webster's word of the year for 2023, which is the word authentic, we are doing the power of being authentic and real. Now, I did not know that the word for the year 2023 from Merriam-Webster was authentic until I took I started to do a little dive and see is well, you know what does the research say about this and that's when I found out that the word of the year for 2023 according to Merriam-Webster is the word authentic so what does authenticity mean well authentic is an adjective and it means to conform to fact and therefore be trustworthy or it may it also means being so in fact, meaning not fraudulent or not counterfeit. It can also mean in the legal community to be executed in a manner so as to produce legal effectiveness. 
So there's not 100% agreement on authenticity. Well, let me tell you people, worldwide, we do not have agreement on the definition of good mental health. No, we do not. I did a podcast recently and they did a research. They did, they did a scoping review of PubMed through July 31st, 2019, and they found eight conflicting definitions for good mental health, eight conflicting definitions for good mental health worldwide. So we don't have consensus on what is good mental health. We don't have consensus on the criteria for good mental health. And we certainly do not have consensus about authenticity, but here's the flavor of it. So authenticity involves behavior that we have freely chosen ourselves and which allows us to express who we are. It's behavior that reflects your values and your identity. It does require, authenticity does require us to know who we are and own who we are. So it's not just the knowing, it's also the owning and understanding what it means to be real. And when I say understanding what it means to be real, if you are unfamiliar with the Velveteen Rabbit, the classic, classic children's story, I would suggest you pick it up. It's a classic. It's a beautiful story about a toy becoming real. And that really is kind of how it works in life. So I learned back in college when someone gave me that book and said with the inscription, thank you for making me real. I had no idea what she was talking about. (laughs) And then I read the book and it it took me a while to take that in. Now, according to S. Joseph, who is the author of Authentic, how to be yourself and why it matters. According to S. Joseph, this is what S. Joseph has to say from his book, for her book. Uh, Living moment by moment, striving to understand themselves, their motivation, defenses, and conditions of worth while being aware of their responsibilities and choices. So that gives you some of the flavor of what we're talking about. And we're going to deepen this. According to psychologists Michael Kernis and Brian Goldman, who developed an authenticity inventory in 2000, there are four key factors. Now, I am not recommending this uh, authenticity inventory by uh, doctors Curtis and Goldman. I'm not not recommending it. I don't have enough information on the validity of their tool and where it stands in the community relative to the research. I'm mentioning it because I do think these are interesting factors that they've that they've put together. Where they where that inventory stands, I don't know. But one is self-awareness. Two is unbiased processing. We'll come back to that. Three is behavior. Behavior being congruent or in alignment with your own values and needs, even at the risk of criticism or rejection. And the fourth key point in their inventory is relational orientation, which they are saying is close relationships, which require being open and honest. Now, that gives you the flavor. So what are the characteristics of a person who is being authentic? Well, I found this very interesting and much like the fact that we don't have a definition for good mental health and we don't have agreement on this or the next thing. There's clearly not agreement on the traits of someone who is a person who is being authentic and real. So I'm just going to give you an aggregated list from what I gleaned from doing a little research. This is not the end all be a list. It's pretty extensive. 
And again, I'm not saying this is the list and I'm not saying this is 100% accurate, but I do believe it's correct as someone who has experience in this. So characteristics of being authentic. One, takes time to develop an opinion and then speaks their mind. Two, responds to internal expectations rather than external ones. Three, forges a unique path to fulfill their passion and purpose. Four, they are not threatened by failure and can admit their faults. Five, they are frequently less judgmental of other people. Six, they have strong self-esteem. Seven, they are thoughtful. I'm just going to read the list without numbering now. Non-hostile sense of humor. Realistic perceptions of reality. Able to express their emotions freely and clearly. Understand their, mo their own motivations. They do not bother with material objects. They value experiences. They listen, really listen to others. They are not a people pleaser. They value giving love. They love themselves. They embrace themselves and their uniqueness. They stick to their morals and values. They listen to their gut or their inner voice. They live in the present. They focus on long term. They have character and integrity. They are consistent, meaning emotionally consistent. They respect themselves. They are courageous. They have a higher sense of well-being. They have simple needs. This circles back to or goes back to not being materialistic. They encourage others. They do not follow trends. They enjoy being alone. They enjoy deep conversations. They have vulnerability to themselves and practice vulnerability. They practice positive self-talk. They are thick-skinned and do not take things personally. They set boundaries and they are not easily swayed. So that's a lot of character traits aggregated from different sources on what it looks like if you're a person with authenticity and, and you're real. So now according to the research though, it seems like the benefits for being an authentic person is greater happiness, more positive emotions, higher self-esteem, better relationship with others, more personal growth, lower stress, lower depression, lower anxiety, increased trust, they do the right thing, they confront issues quicker, and humility now becomes a strength. So that's according to the research, which all points to an increased psychological well-being. Now, I will add my own and say it's more freeing, it's more powerful, and it's way more fun. So let's just say, well, then why isn't everybody authentic? Like, what's the problem? Well, there are issues, there are obstacles, and there are objections. I'm going to give you the top 15 right off the top of my head. There are more, but these are the more common ones. So number one, you won't fit in or belong, which is an objection and it can be an obstacle as well. If you truly get on the journey to be authentic and be your authentic self, people are not going to like that. People want you to go along with the crowd. They want you to fit in. They want you to do what they're doing because then they feel validated. So you won't fit in or belong is a likely and realistic objection and issue that doesn't over supersede the value or the benefits. To, I already said number two, people won't like you and they won't like you because you're being different. You're not, you're not fitting in and you're not going along with the crowd. Three, you will face criticism, judgment, and condemnation. Very likely I'd say 
100% predictable. Number four, low self-esteem is an obstacle for some people to move into being more authentic. So that's an obstacle. Irrational thinking or having a cognitive distortion is also an obstacle to moving into being authentic. Negative thinking is an obstacle. You beat yourself up and you talk yourself out of being you before you've even tried it. Like you, I just did a podcast about negative thinking and this is, this is very painful. The people who overthink, catastrophize, ruminate, brood, and just generally negative think, they can, they can be so hard on themselves. It's really sad. It makes me, it breaks my heart. Uh, Unnecessarily so. They don't need to be so hard on themselves, but that's kind of a little part of the package deal with negative thinking. Uh, People pleasing can be an objection and an obstacle. Perfectionism, definitely an obstacle or objection. Lacking self-awareness is a problem. Having fears, worries, or concerns is both is an issue, an obstacle, and an objection. Trauma bonding. Oh, trauma bonding could so easily be in the mix, and you wouldn't even know it. I know. I just found out about trauma bonding this year, having only found out in 2018 that I even ever had any trauma. So then this year, I find out I have had been trauma bonded on multiple occasions, people. That's when you're making excuses for being treated badly, which can be at the hands of a friend, by the way, not just a spouse or a significant other or your family. That could be in the mix and kind of keep you stuck in that uh, unhealthy dynamic. Domestic abuse could easily be at play, very likely, and you're simply trying to get through the day if you're in domestic abuse. Domestic abuse is, oh, it's like a, it's a soul-crushing experience for many. Although it's very common, we're not discussing it as if it's a common, common phenomena, um, but it is. And that would be a problem to move yourself into being authentic and real because you're just in the struggle of life. You might also have a strong need to go with the crowd. Some people are very uh, highly motivated to fit in and belong, and that would be an obstacle. You may also lack emotional skills, which would be a problem. And it is out of your comfort zone. So all of those things are, are, they're real and they're valid. I mean, there's nothing wrong with any of them. But those are reasons why um, some people don't make the transition. And it is very interesting. So <laughs> I, I made a little short list here through observation, by the way. This is not research-based. This is through people I know. So of some ways that people have kind of fallen into being authentic. And then I'm going to give you some ways, some steps, steps and actions you can take to become more authentic because it is, it is blissful people. It is so blissful. So number one is having exposed. So this is ways that some people fall into being authentic. Number one is having some exposure to an authentic and real person or people at that form a role model and it rubs off on you sometimes very subtly or unknowingly like it can happen and you don't even realize it's happening so that's one number two some people will get triggered by an authentic and real person and then they accidentally kind of fall down the rabbit hole or accidentally go on this journey because they got triggered and they're trying to sort themselves out Number three, post-traumatic growth. Post-traumatic growth is where you have either a loss, a bereavement, a life challenge, or some other hardship. And you make a decision that you put yourself on a path of growth so that you 
become a better version of yourself, which is a conscious decision. And as a result, life is richer and more rewarding. That's from the research. That's what post-traumatic growth is. And that's, that's where you, you know, whether it's a loss or life challenge, hardship or whatnot, where you just kind of say to yourself, hmm, yeah, I think, I think it's time for me to get to work on myself. Let's see what I can improve. There's got to be more. Number four. Now, this is also very common. It's a little different than post-traumatic growth, although it, it can employ the same, it's kind of the same process, but this is, I'm talking about how people fall into it. The way some people fall into it is they have a trauma or an accident or a loss or some hardship or life challenge, and they are literally forced into it. Like they are literally forced into looking at themselves and their life. They can't escape it. There's literally no choice. For some people, this happens when they go through a divorce or there's infidelity or, or whatever. Like, you know, it can even happen with a natural disaster. Like a natural disaster can force you to kind of deal with yourself. But that's where, and I, it's one of the reasons I always say, look, it's better to grow on purpose. It's better to have growth and development be on purpose at your choosing than to have it be forced upon you because sometimes life will force you to look at things that you might not want to look at. Number five, another way some people have fallen into this idea of being authentic and real is from either a great book or a great movie or some compelling story that awakens something inside of themselves. So, so something stirs their heart, whatever format. Uh, that's what another way. Another way, number six is sometimes you will get feedback and sometimes it's not feedback. It's just a simple offhanded comment not a backhanded compliment, just an, an offhand statement. Just some, somebody makes a remark that gets your attention and you go, hmm, and then you're, you're, you're into it. You just kind of go into it down the road. Uh, number seven, how about this one? You could happen to listen to a podcast on being authentic and real and decide, yeah, that's what I want for myself. I'm going for that. <laughs> Number eight, you could get sick and tired of your life as it's been and decide that it's time for a change. That's actually when people end up getting into life coaching or, you know, taking other measures is because they're sick and tired of their life the way it's been. Number nine, you could sometimes this happens for people where they go on a life changing trip or an adventure and your heart becomes awakened and activated. It doesn't have to be, you know, doing the El Camino in Spain or it doesn't have to be going uh, uh, climbing the Alps or, you know, Mount Everest. Sometimes just taking a trip can cause someone to kind of decompress and awaken their heart and get themselves activated and then they get on this journey and the last thing is number 10 is you set a goal and in the pursuit of that goal whatever the goal is it could be any goal life changes you and you change and you shift so those are ways that people kind of fall into it so the balance of this podcast is really about you making a conscious choice to become more authentic and real. Now, I don't know that I ever, I don't think I ever made this choice. I think that this was part of how I got put together at a young age. I, I really don't know how that happened. Like, uh, you know, like I've always had a mouth on me. I've always pretty much called it as I see it. So 
I don't think for myself it was this intentional decision or it was a result of something. It just kind of happened how it happened. Or at least that's where we stand right now with that. So number one, please, 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 if you're listening to this podcast, please do not beat yourself up if you don't really feel like being authentic and real is your strong suit. Like, please, you do not have to beat yourself up. You can drop the bat and take a breath, breathe. It's okay that we're living in a world where people are not authentic and real and, and it's painful and it's a problem, but it is what it is. You're listening to this podcast. Hopefully you're listening to my podcast, plural, because you've made a decision that you want a life where you're inspired, where you're happy, where things go your way. And when things don't go your way, you can just carry on, manage your emotions, process your emotions and get right back in the game. But don't beat yourself up. You, we're not raising children. We're not living in a society or a world where being authentic and real is, is recognized, rewarded, and we're not certainly training people in it. So number one, be kind to yourself. But number two, make a commitment to being authentic and real, like, because you can, you can make a commitment, you can make a decision. And I certainly recommend if you're going to do that, that you be all in. Like, I'm not a fan of Namby Pamby. I'm not a fan, a fan of half in, half out, or, you know, no, like, do your life with a little bit of decisiveness like make a decision I'm in I'm out or I need more information like it's not it's not unfair if you need more information but on this topic I don't know what more information you would need but you might need some more but make a commitment be all in number three there is no right or wrong way to move towards being authentic and real there there literally is no right or wrong way I'm giving you some suggestions I'm giving you some ideas Yet, I want to be very clear that this is not the only way. These are not the only suggestions. I could probably, I, I, I probably couldn't stop myself with suggestions if I didn't care how long my podcasts were. So just know that there's many ways to get there and trust the process. Trust the process. If you've made a commitment, not going back to number two, You've made a commitment. Yes, I think it sounds lovely to be authentic and real. Like, I think it sounds freeing. I think it sounds wonderful. So you've made a commitment and you're going to trust the process, which is number three. The universe is going to send you people, situations, events, circumstances to support your commitment. At least that's how it's always worked for me. It's kind of like that adage. You're looking to buy a car. You decide you want to buy a white car and all you see are white cars or some other color. All right. So number four, my next suggestion. Oh, my Lord, people, please make this playful and fun. Life is hard. There are so many aspects of life that are hard. You don't need anything else to be hard. What you need to do, in my opinion, is start making life more fun and start making more playful. Because you can't make everything fun and playful. I mean, let's face it. Death, there's nothing fun or playful about death unless you're celebrating the way the life someone lived you're celebrating who they were you're celebrating that piece of the of the loved one's passing but 
for most other things, including business meetings, you can bring fun and play into the mix and still be productive. I do have a whole podcast on making life more fun and playful. If you need ideas, go, go, go hit that up. Next, number five. Oh, this is a big, 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 big one. Number five, grow your emotional skills. This is one of the underpinnings why people are not authentic and real. It's because they're lacking emotional skills and abilities. People are lacking emotional skills and abilities because we're not teaching them. And one of the reasons we're not teaching emotional processing, which is what I'm talking about, is because we don't have agreement about that. We don't have agreement about the definition of what is good mental health. So if you go on the internet, what you'll find is you'll find steps to take to help you regulate your emotions, punch a pillow, rip up a paper, draw a picture, etc. If you go to my website and download my free emotional processing workbook, which is on the right-hand side, right below the Newsweek logo, that workbook walks you through what you do in your mind. There are things you have to do in your mind, your conscious mind, to manage and process your emotions. I'm not suggesting that punching a pillow, ripping up a paper, drawing a picture, or any of the other suggestions on the internet currently about how to manage and process your emotions are bad ideas. I'm not belittling them or dismissing them or in any way saying I think there's something wrong with them. They are not, however, the steps you take in your head. Okay, there's an in your head, in your mind process, which is what my workbook covers. Now, the workbook, I'm on version 5.0. Version 6.0 will probably come either later this year or in 2024. I'm thinking about some uh, very subtle changes that, for your benefit. This is for your benefit, people. I already know how to do this. I don't need help doing this. This is my area of expertise. But this is a showstopper for lots of things. It's a showstopper for your energy. It's a showstopper for making friends. It's a showstopper for finding love or fixing relationships. Like your emotions run your life. Like they run the show people. If you have no, if you don't have high emotional skills and abilities for managing and processing them, you are then at the whim of your emotions. So go to my website and get the workbook. It's free. I'm not charging you 25 bucks and start using it. I promise you it's been vetted. It's, uh, but I've been told it's very easy. It's very straightforward. Use it. My next suggestion. So that's going to help you become more authentic. It's going to help you in every area. Number six, set goals, small or large. So anytime, what we know from the research is anytime you start taking goals, it helps you be happier. I know. Isn't that great? <laughs> it is great straight ripped straight from the research people you don't have to take my word for it i do have a podcast about how goals can help you be happier some of the research is included in that podcast or you can go look up the research on your own all right number seven make sure your thinking is rational well i've got the the bad news on this one is it seems to me that the percentage of people in the world who have irrational thinking or a cognitive distortion is is very high. 
I have not been able to pin down a number, so you know I like to be right. I like to be accurate. I don't like giving bad information. So I haven't given a prevalence or a statistic because I can't, I can't find it that I feel confident about. So you can, so it's common. So that's the, that's the first takeaway on number seven is if your thinking isn't rational, you're in the, you're in the majority, you're in the majority by far, but you can take steps to move away from having a cognitive distortion, which you definitely want to. This, this ties you up. This is like having, uh, it's like having a blindfold on and walking through life because your thinking is distorted. Your perceptions are distorted. Your conclusions are distorted. Everything about your thinking is distorted, flawed, or inaccurate. So, but you can move away from that. So that's number seven, because to be authentic, you have to have a reality that's based in reality and not your flawed view of reality. Like really looking at real people and real life and events and situations from reality, not this distorted reality. So number seven, that's number seven. Number eight, this is a sleeper. I would consider whether or not you are currently or have been recently trauma bonded with anyone in your circle and your family and your friend group at work or what have you. So, cause it's likely, I'm telling you, it is extremely likely that you might be currently, or you were trauma bonded. Trauma bonding is very stealth. We're not talking about this in great detail openly. We're not talking about trauma in, in the way we could be or, or in the way I think we should be. So it's a sleeper. So typically, if you have someone in your life who kind of maybe isn't always nice to you, or sometimes they like they say things that are like a compliment that have a little dig at the end. So it's really a backhanded compliment. It's really, really a dig kind of dressed up with a compliment or, or they might just be outright not nice to you. Those people are are usually falling into the category of being abusers. And you might, because they've been your friend for 20 years, or you're related to them, or you're married to them, or you work with them, and you've worked with them for eight years, or what have you, you might be trauma bonded. And that, in a trauma bond, you make excuses for the person who's not nice to you, or the person who abuses you, or the person who always has a way to kind of subtly or directly, directly or indirectly put you down, you know, and, and being authentic. Oh, well, that's really, it's a, so powerful because then when someone's true colors come out and they say something nasty, mean, cruel, harsh, and you say to them, wow, that seems like you're being very harsh and judgmental and condemning me. Oh, they will run away. Like they will scamper away. They will scamper right away, hang up on you or leave, you know, like they won't be able to take it. But sometimes it takes a while for you to recognize that some people really just don't have your back the way you would like. And when you're authentic and real, you can have different conversations like, hey, you're not being very nice to me, knock it off. And instead of justifying your abuser's behavior. And I know this is very painful. I know it's difficult to look at. I know, I know, I know, I know. But this can be a big obstacle for you to move towards being authentic because you're kind of really basically tied 
to your abuser. And this invisible connection that's not been distinguished. And once you start to distinguish the relationship um, and you, you're on the road to being authentic, you're just not going to want to have it. You're not going to want to have people in your life who are not nice to you, regardless of who they are to you. Regardless. Okay, so that's number eight. Number nine, who can support you on this journey? Well, if you've listened to my podcast, you know I'm a diehard fan of not doing life alone. I know I'm alone right now, but not for long. <laughs> I know, not for long, because I'm creating my future, my beautiful future. Um, so who could you take with you? Who could you put on your team? Who could support you? Like, who, who would you be willing to ask, for starters, or would you even be willing to start a group of like-minded people? Like you would never know what will happen if you went on social media and said, Hey, I am starting this amazing journey to be authentic and real. Who wants to go with me? You, you might get a person. You might get two people. You might know people from work or, or uh, your neighbors or, you, you know, there's lots of people who need to go on this journey. It's not a question of are there people. There are tons of people. The question is, are you willing to ask? Are you willing to take people? Because if you can at least get one person, your odds for being successful on this journey go up by over 60%. And if you have a whole group of people, oh, you're, you're now in the high 80s or 90s, I'd have to look up the percentage again, but it's very high. We know that. And that's because you're now being, you're being supported, you're being nurtured, and you have people who are calling you to be accountable for what your goals are. So take people with you. It will be more fun. My next suggestion, number 10, is I would, I would say that uh, besides my emotional processing workbook, so there's the emotional processing workbook, right below the Newsweek logo. It's over 20 pages, print it out. You're going to have to read it and then start using it as a guide because that's what it is. It's got questions for you to answer about different situations. But besides that, so you're going to want to do that because I already suggested that and already covered that. Besides that, my recommendation would be to go to my podcast titled Your Mental and Emotional Checklist and print that out and use it as a checklist for your own mental and emotional health. Why? Because it's a great way for you to manage your progress and say, hmm, what do I need to improve my mental and emotional health? Oh, assertiveness. Oh, yeah, I'm t I am not assertive at all. Let's get on that. And of course, if you had a team of people, you could pick a book, you could have a little mini book club on assertiveness. Do you see how you could you could really if you brought people with you, you could really make it so much more fun. But definitely print out the checklist and evaluate yourself. Part of being authentic and real is being able to accurately assess yourself and where things are. I mean, I just responded to a text message before I did this podcast. Someone checking in on me, of course, because you know I, I, I'm recovering from this accident. And I, and I said, oh, your timing's perfect. I just did my self-assessment this weekend, <laughs> which is true. And, and this is what I came up with. Like, here's where I'm at and, and here's, what I'm, here's what I've decided. Here's what I'm going to do. Here's what I need to do, et cetera, et cetera. So use the, check, the podcast transcript titled Your Mental and Emotional um, Checklist to help you. 
because you can just print out the transcript. And eventually I'll probably make a nice looking checklist and put it, throw it in with the emotional workbook, but I'm not there yet. But it will be a great tool for you if you're committed to becoming more authentic and real. My next suggestion is on the journey, load up your life with plenty of love and affection, platonic, romantic, or both. I have no skin in the game, whether you only want love and affection from platonic people. It doesn't matter to me. Or if you want to have both, or if you're going to really just kind of be focused on romantic love to the exclusion of other people. Well, I'm not a big fan of that, but you can do that. Um, but load up your life with love and affection in whichever form, because we know that's good for your mental and emotional health. We know that'll be, you know, good for your self-esteem. We know it's good for you in all kinds of ways, including your longevity, but on your journey, make sure you've got that. For most people, uh, they're, they're not really there where they would feel like, oh, I have, I don't need any more love and affection in my life. I've got too much. I, I've never met anybody who said that. I know some people who are pretty high, but those are people who found their best friend. They're like in a committed, very, very happy, significant other relationship or marriage, like literally having the times of their life and they have friends. You know, that's, that's the exception. Those people are pretty close to it, but everybody else, no, not so much. So put that on your list. My next suggestion is that you have a reward system and that you celebrate every little accomplishment and victory. Seriously, this is one of my rules for engagement or my rules for life or one of my standard operating procedures because as I've mentioned before, life is hard. Why would you not want to reward yourself for making progress? I just don't understand why you wouldn't because we know from leveling up from gaming and we know from psychology that people respond to incentives. And if you're designing the reward system, you're basically designing what will inspire you and motivate you. So definitely have a reward system and celebrate and celebrate, you know, like all kinds of things. I'm a big fan of that. And I understand we're not living in a world where people celebrate each other. We celebrate all this stuff. I, I listen, I live in the world. I have my ideal world I'm working to create. And then I, there's the real world I know I live in. So have a reward system. I do have a podcast that will help you because I know that's a new idea. So my last thoughts on this is that um, this, this is a very unusual way of living life for the majority of people. It's just, it's just not what people do. And I do, I do understand that people. I am, I am well aware that I do life differently than other people. Very well aware. Although I have a higher awareness of it in the last year to three years, as I've learned things that I didn't know. Like, I mean, I've always been present, which will also help you. Oh my God. I can't believe I missed that one. Well, we'll throw that in right now. So that will be number uh, 13, be present. The more present you are, the more authentic and real you can be. I I think it's kind of a little bit, maybe a prerequisite for being authentic and real is being present. You're really, if you want to have a rich, deep conversation with someone, you can't be all up in your head thinking about what am I going to say next? What are they going to say? What do they think? You're like, that's not being present. That's the opposite of being present. So be present. The current vernacular for being present is mindfulness. There's lots of books and uh, 
tapes and whatnot to help you become more present or mindful. But this is not the way people live. So this is different. And I've already mentioned in the podcast, people don't like it when you're different. They just don't like it. And my thought is, so what? It's my life. I know that I am filled with goodness because I know at a, at a very young age, <laughs> sitting in church, I decide, oh, heaven sounds good. I think I'm going to put that on my list. <laughs> I think I'm going to heaven. So if you're if you make that decision as a young child, then you have to behave accordingly. Like, you know, you don't get to heaven by just doing anything. Well, I mean, I guess you probably could because you could just go to confession, but hypothetically, that's not, that's not, that's not the way to live. Like, you don't like just go do bad stuff and then go to confession. So hopefully, you know, I've, I've got my sights on where I want to go. So I know I'm being a good person. And yet I also know I trigger people and I upset people simply because I'm authentic and real. And that is not my problem. It's just not my problem. And I do not let it bother me. I actually feel sad if that's the way people feel, but that's the way people feel. You taking on this journey, you will never regret it. All the people I've worked with, this is kind of one of the end games, is that they move towards being authentic and real, happy and healthy. They've got love in their life. And no one has ever said, oh yeah, I I can't stand this being happy. I can't stand this being authentic. I can't stand this being real. No, people love it. When, When they get to a certain point of their own growth and development, they can kind of, they can kind of look over their shoulder and look back and they can see, they can see the progress they've made. They can see that they are in fact, happier than they were a year ago or two years ago or what have you. They can in fact see that they might even look younger. That's usually the case, but not always. Well, it's almost always the case, but, um, and they can see like they feel better. Like they feel different. They feel different. They feel free, freer. So this is a journey that's worth taking. And then the whole piece about being real, if you're not familiar with the Velveteen Rabbit, oh, please go get that book. It's a, it's an amazing classic and you want to be loved. You want to actually be well loved, which is the title of my first podcast. You want to have like be loved up. And for some people, like if they simply found the right life partner, best friend, spouse, what have you. It doesn't, it doesn't have to be romantic now. That would just like be so dramatically healing to them. It would change their life. It would change their life or it could change your life. So go get on this journey because it's worth it. I, I, I promise you it's worth it. And let me know what else you need. That's it. Take care. I'm Lisa Lundy saying thank you for listening to my Love Life podcast, episode number 153, The Power of Being Authentic and Real. I most certainly hope you are going to put yourself on the road to becoming more authentic and real, not just because it feels great, because you will love it. You will love it, people. I hope you will share this podcast on social media, connect with me on my website, and of course, subscribe to my podcast because you wouldn't want to miss one. I hope you're doing well. Take care. I love you. That's it for now.